You can listen to this show See and that? learn something. Welcome to another episode of Loud Pipes. Grab a beverage and join us as we talk about all things relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. And now your host for this episode, Rich Warfield and Brother Bacon. Loud Pipes, episode 179. We're going to be talking about the 2020 road racing season, or is there going to be a road racing season for 2020? We have a special guest in the house tonight. We will get to that in a minute. We are without Spider Silk, the riding fool, but standing in, as I know he can, Brother Bacon. How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? Hanging in there. I got a cold beer on my side. I can't wait. Oh, do you, sir? What do you have? Well... So, to be honest, I'm double dipping a little bit. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, for the first portion of the evening, um, I figured since it's about the end of the world right now. Starting course is? Uh, my starting course is actually uh, something called the Totori. And it's actually a blended Japanese whiskey. Interesting. Yeah. I thought, thought I'd have myself a finger or two of that first. You know, nothing crazy. Now, can Just, I get a preview of the second course, or are you going to save it? Uh, well, I, I, honestly, a second course is actually something I've had before. It's that Tango Delta, the Tangerine IPA. Mm. Yeah. So, I think I'll be good tonight. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I'm, yourself, sir? I'm going to compliment you along the lines of that Tangerine. I cracked open this Elijian Contact Haze. Hazy IPA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How is that? This thing is ridiculous. And, of course, it's canned. Oh, of course, of course. So, mm. tell me, in, in, in terms of some of the other ones that we've had together. It is, compared to other, like, hazy and tropical IPAs, this is smooth. There's not a lot of hop bite to it, and it's very fruity and floral so it's probably the, on the lighter side of all, all of these that we've had in the past okay but very very smooth that's the dangerous part so it's not like that one voodoo ranger i brought for you no no it's not not in that vein <laughs> at all no sir oh, thank thank goodness okay now i'll actually be able to try it <laughs> these are good maybe i'll save you one well maybe maybe not we'll see we'll see <laughs> All right, let's bring in our, our racing buddy, the world traveler, the TT Grand Marshal extraordinaire, Mr. Sean Birch. How are you, man? Doing great, guys. How are y'all? <laughs> did oh, I have that up enough for you? <laughs> yeah, that's great. You did it just, you know, that, that's what I, you know, that's the type of introduction that, you know, I should be accustomed to. That's right. Well, I mean, the Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal, it kind of stepped yeah. me up a little bit, you know, just regular yeah. old Marshal, but, you know. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Nobody um, knows. Yeah. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I that's mean, that's right. always my motto. So, so I, I saw on Instagram earlier that you were in, you were grilling and enjoying a, a nice beverage with your social isolation. So what do you have in your glass tonight? Well, actually this evening I am going, uh, you know, I'm going both ways this evening. I have a, uh, 
little uh, shot of bourbon right here, a little Elijah Craig small batch. Mm. And I have another uh, black and tan, which was the same thing I was drinking in the picture uh, earlier. But yeah, so so doing a little uh, little Boilermaker, a little bourbon and uh, beer back. Very nice. I'm feeling like subpar with just one beer. I mean, I might have to go grab a second or a third just to keep up. Well, you know, it's almost like what Brother Bacon said about, you know, it's kind of that end of the world feeling. So, you know, you don't want to go half measures. You want to go all the way. Right. right. Well, I know we, this is not the right show for that. But you guys want to just do a couple minutes, make sure everyone's good. You guys are all good with COVID-19, lockdown, all that stuff. <laughs> Stop it. I, I knew you were going to do that. I Stop kept waiting. It. Who's the first jackass going to come in here coughing? That's exactly right. Now I got to, you know, wipe down my monitor and everything and, you know, lights off and speakers. And- that comes through the line, Bacon. I'm coming after you. <laughs> I've been staying home like a good little boy. Yeah, I hear but you. On the Birch Compound, we're doing, uh, we're doing good. The wife and I are pretty much self-isolate. Cause now we do, we do get out a little bit. I've been riding the motorcycle, but you know, by myself, not in a crowd. And yes, she's been riding her, her bicycle. She's been, she did uh 50 miles yesterday and 25 today. So, uh, but you know, still self-isolating. So, you know, by ourselves, but we're, we're good. We're comfortable. You know, we just, you know, we've got plenty of supplies and, and, you know, plenty of stuff to keep us entertained. So if everybody will just kind of just stay at home and you know quit buying all the damn toilet paper up <laughs> and the F down. Just yeah. calm down and then we'll all get yeah. through this together you know so but we're good though i hope y'all are doing well yeah it's kind of kind of the same i mean you know we're we're it workers so or at least i am and my wife used to be so we're, we're used to working from home and and spending a lot of time here the only difference really is is both kids instead of one so they're pretty much eating up everything we have and then some. So that the grocery don't, shopping is getting a little tiring. Yeah, yeah, don't don't eat up all your snacks on the first day. You gotta kinda ration that stuff, ration it. Well, yeah. what I was what I was thinking is, you know, just turn them into vegans and have them cut the lawn for you. Right, right. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a quick uh, I'll put a little quick anecdote on that is uh some friends of ours at work who are vegans. Now they're not devout vegans. They they've eat you know meat before, but just for the last they're like health nuts. So for the last six months or so they've been vegan. Well, they came into work on uh, Monday last week and they fell off the wagon majorly. They both went to uh, to Kentucky Fried Chicken and had that new donut chicken sandwich. So that, that's more. <laughs> oh, they went all the way. They, they went, went all the way. So in. to me, that's more like you know that's one of those end of the world things. You know, you know what? If it's coming, you know, we're going all the way. You know, so I'm gonna be happy. Because there's no such thing as a happy vegan. I don't care what they say. <laughs> I don't care what they say because because when it, when it's the uh, SHTF. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just say, yeah, everyone, everyone reverts back because they're because what all those gluten allergies gone, apparently. There's yeah. no atheist. There's no atheist in foxholes. There's no vegans in foxholes. That's right. <laughs> no. All right, we're good. Glad everyone is well, and let's hit our topic. Ah, the H2R at Exhibition at the Isle of Man. And that's where we're going to start. So if you haven't heard the news, the TT for 2020, as we understand, is canceled. Cancelado. Cancel. Cancelado? I just said it. <laughs> what? 
Just let him roll with it. It's okay. And this is only the... I'm trying to remember. I saw the stat. It's only like the second or third time that it's been canceled for something like that. Yeah, I I can't remember um, the time before, but I know that it was canceled in 2001 because of the outbreak of the uh the you know the cow disease the foot and mouth disease in uh yeah. in England so they were really worried about that making its way over to uh over to the island so uh, the races got canceled for for that so it, it, i kind of saw this coming i think you did too rich yeah. but uh we were all hopeful uh but you know i mean i i mean look at it from the island man standpoint i mean it's i mean this is their bread and butter this is where they make their money for the year but it's you hard. don't want to bring, yeah, you don't yeah. want to bring it, you know, especially, you know, it's a, it's a small Island. You don't want to bring it over if you ain't already got it. You That's know? right. So, well, and it, at first it seemed like it was far enough away that, you know, maybe we'd have time to see what, you know, what's going to develop. But now I think, you know, it's, we're kind of realize it's a little more widespread than, than maybe originally thought. So yeah, everything's being shut down and closed up until we, Kind of get a handle of it, you know. Yeah, and and even the folks that would have maybe thrown caution to the wind a little bit, or you know, and and you know, saying governments to do that now, there's so much pressure because yeah, other governments have done it. You almost have to, you know. It's now you don't want to be the the one place that doesn't, and then you get devastated by it. You know, it's always better, yeah. you know, the safe side and this these kind of things. So you know, I understand the as disappointed as I am. And I know the, you know, the really, really hardcore folks that go every year oh, as yeah. disappointed as they are. I think everybody understands. I don't think anybody's, you know, nobody's that upset about it. And it's definitely expected. I think everybody's been kind of looking for it. So, Well, on the bright side, I didn't get my business together, let's just say, you, to make it family friendly. <laughs> I didn't get my stuff together to go this year. And maybe that's the silver lining because as we talked offline, uh, Sean and I was uh, a couple days ago said, let's just make a plan to go in 2021 and just like really do it, save the money, book it. Yep. Just, just go ahead and make your mind up. You know what? We missed it this year. Yeah. We're going back because I'll tell you, it'll be even sweeter next year because all these people have been waiting an extra year. Yeah. So it ought to be that much better. It ought to be, I mean, with the, the spectators and, uh, and the, and the riders and everyone, well, I've had that pent up energy for an extra year, so mm. it may be something to see for sure. Now, the Southern 100 is not too far after that, right? So, has that been canceled too, or we don't know? Uh, I don't, I haven't, you know, I didn't look that up and I haven't seen. I'll have to look it up here in a minute, but I, the Southern 100 is usually in the July timeframe. And then, then you start getting into the end of August, you'll you start with the, the classic TT Manx Grand Prix. So, you probably still touch and go with the Southern 100. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully the classic TT and Manx Grand Prix are far enough out that let's, let's sincerely hope that the world gets back to normal before that becomes an issue. So. Uh, let's see. I'm just taking a look here. The pre TT classic is end of May. They're saying, well, that's just before the, the real TT, which is right. Canceled. But. I don't know. I've been watching all the old videos, though. I have 2016, I think 2016 through current, I have either on DVD or Blu-ray or digital. So I've been watching those the last couple of days. So what about you, Bacon? You watch much uh, TT over the years other than Um, what I harass you with about it? 
honestly just the little bit that's that shows up on TV, you know, just the little highlights. And uh, that's I really don't get to I, d- I don't pay subscriptions to watch a lot. Yeah. You know, try to save money where we can. So. Gotcha. Just deal with it as we do. <laughs> get the I generally get the news from you, sir. The only thing I can find dates wise is it says July 6th through the 9th are the official yeah, that's correct. dates for this year, but we'll see if it, and, and I don't I don't think it's anything canceled yet. I think it's I think it's too early for for that yet. You know, I, I think that uh, they would probably wait at least a little while to see how this shakes out, you know. But yeah. but yeah, it looks like it's the uh July sixth through ninth. And and you know, hopefully they'll get the race. That'll be you know, that it'll probably boost their numbers up, especially those folks that couldn't make it to the TT, you know. Oh, hold your yeah. horses. Three days ago, Superbike News, Southern 100 canceled. Oh, really? And that was on the BBC as well. And okay. whammo. And there it goes. And there you go. Now you've dashed our hopes. Thanks a lot. You know, so now we've got to look forward to the Classic, which is in August? Yeah, last weekend of August 1st. Last, yeah, from the last week of August to the first week of September is the classic TT and Manx Grand Prix, what they call the Festival of Motorcycling now, mm-hmm. the collectively, the two weeks together. Mm. Wow. So what do you th- so what do you think this is gonna do to future races like that? Um uh let's say motorcycle rallies and things like that. My- um Go ahead. I'm just going to say my, my gut reaction is that once the, once everything's been lifted and it gets going again, I think it'll be bigger. It'll be bigger because of that pent up demand, but long term, I don't know what that means because travel is already a challenge for some of this stuff. So it may, it may be even harder for people to commit to this longer term. But I think that the first chance like 2021 TT and Southern 100 and anything that's been canceled and postponed, I think it'll, initially be bigger than they were i could be wrong but that's what it feels like like sean said the pent-up energy and desire to go should make it bigger yeah and I it's just it. like in you know it's in the past i mean this, this isn't unprecedented it doesn't happen very often thank goodness but you know it, it's not unprecedented you know they, they've canceled before uh you know events have been canceled seasons have been canceled um, so, you know, for it to, to go forward, I, I think, you know, long as this stuff goes back to, you know, long as we get this stuff past us and, and get back to normal, I think then yeah. everybody will, you know, we're all creatures of habit. We go back to doing what we were doing before. So, well, I think, you know, Bacon asked a valid question. I think the bigger problem is going to be the teams because I don't, I don't know this for fact, but I, I suspect based on the way, you know, we've provided money for the sidecar team last year and the two teams this year, it feels like they make all their money going for the TT. And then they, they sort of use that money to take them through the season. Now where the TT is not happening financially for these teams, I don't know what that means for them. And if they can stay afloat for a whole season without that and still come back next year. Well, can that, can that actually, can they take that money and just divide it between the rest of the races? Well, the I haven't talked to I haven't talked to Greg Lambert yet. I don't know if you have, Sean, but I did have a conversation or at least a text conversation with Ben and he just said, you know, they're gonna they're gonna run the colors and the stickers for the whole year, even though they didn't do the T T and 
you know, and I, I was fine with that because we were supporting them either way. It's for a season. It's not just for a single race, even though that was part of the package. So right. right. Hoping, that, hoping that keeps them afloat and, you know, maybe do it again next year as well. Yeah, it's the, it's the same with me. I mean, I, I I haven't spoken to Greg about that. It was, it was kind of the last time I spoke to him was before the race was canceled. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know, and and most people are like us too. We're not bothered. I'm I'm not you know, hollering yeah. at somebody to get my money back because we didn't run the TTs. You know, trust me, I know how it is to run a race team. <laughs> so so you know, I mean, it's it's fine. And and you know, those guys they'll they'll find a way, especially. Especially those road racers, guys. I mean, if you know anything about, them, I mean, most of those guys that are that are privateers, I, I mean, they they funded a lot. Right? They're self funded anyway, and they scrape that stuff together from friends and family, and and just you know they'll they'll find a way to get there. It's you know yeah. I, I don't have any I don't have any doubt about that. I mean, these guys do it for for nothing. I mean, it was kind of like my dirt track racing career. You know, it was I definitely wasn't doing it for the money. You definitely spent you know spent money, didn't make money, but you know you find a way. If you love it, you find a way. So. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like running a podcast. Yeah, I like running a <laughs> podcast. You know, you know what lucrative uh, money is in podcasting. Yeah, we're flush with cash, <laughs> not from the podcast, but no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's almost like you know, my wife and I when we you know we've had a horse farm for years, and it's like a guy told me years ago about making a small fortune in the horse business. The first thing you have to do is start with a large fortune, and sooner yeah. or later you'll whittle it down to a small fortune. So yeah, yeah, that's what they say. You know how to make a million dollars in racing and start with two million. Or something That's exactly like that. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know anything else on the the TT or do, do you follow any other racing abroad, Sean? Outside of um, the TT, from I mean, from a, a road racing perspective, not like MotoGP, but no, no. I mean, I do. I mean, as far as just the the, the normal races, I mean, the um, the. The traditional road races that uh, go along with the TT, I mean, um, the Northwest 200 and, you know, like Cookstown and, um, you know, you just, I follow that just, you know, because the same guys at the TTs are, are at those races, you know, so, you know, all the early ones have been canceled. So, I mean, it's just everything's in limbo right now. I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, you're, you're hoping that the races that go off later are going to get a chance to go, to go off, but everything right now, I mean, I know that like Ulster Grand Prix is, I know they were, you know, already said they're postponing and the Southern 100 is postponed and, or, or, you know, probably canceled. I, I say postponed, but I think they're just, you know, canceling because there's really not other sp- slots to fill it in i mean yeah. the way it works i mean you you've got your slot and if you hit it fine if not then you know you know it's not like you know motor gp and some of these others are kind of being able to postpone but those those places are pretty much you know set either it happens at the time it does or you know you just wait till next year so well i'm actually while you were doing that i searched for northwest 200 and i'm seeing that that's postponed and or canceled right according to autosport and bbc Uh, so there we go. That is a good one. So B- Bacon, you brought that up. I think last time we were talking about the TTs, you were saying that you thought the Northwest 200 was just as grueling. And I watched a was either a documentary or some coverage of it on uh, Amazon Prime not too long ago. And yeah, that the amount of time that they spend wide open throttle, like top speed, is ridiculous at that circuit. Yeah, I want to go be- to that. That's yeah. That that's one of the races I want to get over to go. Uh, some friends of mine, uh, in fact, my good friend uh, Eddie Wright, who uh, was the the my guy I knew through Gold Wings, 
he uh, was the longtime marshal at the TTs. Um, he always uh, went to the Northwest 200 as well because he'd always send me like I've got T-shirts and stuff from the Northwest and uh, and from the uh, from the TTs because he would always send them to me because he would marshal at both places because if you get certified at one place you're certified at another place so, you know right but but he always talked about what a great race it was so uh, I want to get over uh, to, to Ireland to see it as well i mean it's 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 like the dunlop's home track mm. so there's so much history there uh, yeah. with the dunlop so i really want to go over there and, and and take part in that one year very nice and what were you saying about it bacon oh no no all i was saying yeah no it just seemed like it was grueling as hell and i can only imagine trying to run a bike top speed as much as they do and like shoot doing 80 90 <laughs> yeah it was down, just watching that on the highway yeah watching the video and the bike is just tacked out it's like you know 299 kilometers per hour i think it was and it just sat there for what seemed like five minutes <laughs> going down the straightaway and you're like man when when is the turn coming up like i'm getting tired I, I can't wait for you to get over to the tts and stand next to that stone wall one of those guys come by wide open you you think it looks neat in those videos wait till you're standing next to it oh. it's just un unreal man so so one more piece of tt and then we'll move on to to your your favorite moto gp but so in in this sort of well it's not quarantine but social distancing or, or whatever you want to call it everything's closed i picked up a copy of the isle of man ride on the edge 2 for this year so i downloaded it on my my actually the studio computer here because it's the the newest <laughs> CPU in the house, and then I realized that the graphics wasn't that great, so I ripped it out of my old machine that I run iRacing on, you know, put it in this one, and I could get about thirty frames a second if I if I turned all the graphics down and and I ran it. And I gotta tell you, pl- playing this game now, I d- I've done only just a couple laps at the TT at, at a pitiful time, and I can't tell you how many crashes. Um, I'm even more excited to go like having played it a little bit. Cause I, I started getting in the zone where you get like tunnel vision and you're just looking for little specks on the road to figure out when to turn. I'm I'm totally hooked. You know, the famous quote that Joey Dunlop said, there's a green blur and a gray blur. Try to stay on the gray blur. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On the gray blur. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's got to be some of the most sound advice I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, sir. So MotoGP, they they started to kick off their season at Qatar, ran, what, Moto2 and Moto3, and, and the big boys are all waiting until who knows when, right? Exactly. They uh, it, it worked out. Uh, it was just weird timing. Moto two and Moto three teams were already in Qatar because they were te- they had testing Test- scheduled. Yeah. So when the when the government of Qatar stopped traveling from Italy because Italy had the the large outbreak, so they stopped traveling from Italy. The Moto two Moto three guys were already there, mm-hmm. so they were able to run. They made the decision. Dorna made the decision. Okay, we've got these guys here. We're going to run the race. But MotoGP will will not. We will, you know, we won't start the the race till the next week till Argentina. 
so, and, and I tell you what, I watched both those races and they were both spectacular. I mean, just great races. Oh, that Moto Two race was ridiculous. It was so awesome, man. I wanted the Americans so bad. Yeah, I wanted yeah, Joe yeah. Roberts, but but he still did a he did a great job. Finished fourth. So I was I was real pleased to see that. I think he's got a bright future. I'm I'm real excited. Yeah. Uh, to see an American, you know, running up front in the in the well, he, class, he was fast. New track record, right? For pole, he, he was, pole I mean, he was the pole lap, yeah, new track record, and and he did really well. I think it's just experience that he needs at that level. I yeah. think it was. I mean, he led the race. He led lots of laps. Uh, it was more of you know he is. If you've ever raced, I mean, even what you've done in track days, you know, you. Being out front is the scariest thing. You have no one to follow. You don't. Right. You can't see the line. You can't tell what pace to keep your tires at. Yeah. So you really, the guy running in second has a real, you know, a real advantage in situations like that. Especially when you're a rookie and you, you don't know any better. So uh, I, I look for great things out of this kid. I think he uh, he may be he may be a, a you know a good one. Maybe he'll. He'll do real well and then and get his chance at MotoGP soon enough. So we'll have an American to pull for. But uh, but yeah, it was um, it was good that those guys got to run. But it was just kind of uh, kind of teased us, and then now we have nothing until you know whenever we keep waiting. I mean, as you know, I had tickets to to Austin in April, tickets and flights and mm. hotel rooms and everything else. But uh, but all that's uh, moved to November now, so I'm still planning on going in November. And I still have tickets and flights and everything for the um, Italian GP in Mugello uh, oh. the 31st of May. But it's a little dicey on that one. But if we'll they... see. Maybe. But I'm not looking for, you know, good news. I'm sure it'll be postponed as well. But, but you know. Yeah, I was going to say, if they if they get it running. So the next one on the schedule, if they get it going, I guess would be what? Because Thailand should have been today. The Thai GP should have been today. Okay. And then, uh, of course, next two weeks from now would have been Austin. And uh, I think they were saying the, what the Spanish GP maybe was well, I, the first. I, I think they've adjusted it all. Sorry. I'm just looking at their at the website now. So the first race they're showing now is May, May 3rd in Spain. Right. That's that's right. That's what I'm saying. The, the next okay. one is, is, is the Spanish GP. Yeah. Yep. It should be. And then France, and then Italy. You're right. The end of May, right? So I'm I'm still hopeful, but you know we just don't know. We don't know how this is going to all play out. I mean, I'm. I, I tell you, I was. I, I don't know how MotoGP and Dorna uh, will handle the ticket situation, mm-hmm. but I will tell you that the tickets I had for the American GP through uh, Coda through Circuit of the Americas in Austin. They're being really fair about it. What they said was, is look, the race is postponed. Yep. So your tickets are good for whatever seats you had for that race. Or if you'll let us know before July 1st, we'll refund your money. And that, you know, they don't have to do that, but oh, that was, nice. I thought that was pretty fair. I mean, really fair. Even I, I have to give a shout out to American Airlines because they've actually had their policies as well, where, you know, I'm, I always work on a budget, so I buy mm-hmm. non refundable tickets, but. But they've stated as well that you won't lose any value if you can't take your trip. You can move your your flights out. So I was real, That's real nice. pleased with with that. Because yeah, I don't know how many people are on the planes, but I can tell you, air traffic has not slowed down. We went for a ride last night. Well, we I say um, Micah from the clubhouse. We just went 
little ride around the city and ended up at the uh, airport overlook in Charlotte. Right. That place was packed and there was a ton of planes landing and taking off all like, you know, nine o'clock, let's say, you know, Saturday evening. It was crazy. The amount of planes that were coming and going. Well, good. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a good sign. Maybe everybody's going to get, uh, you know, everybody follow these directions. Let's get back to normal. And, uh, you know, mainly yeah. get back to where we can watch some racing because I know we're yeah. all Jones in for some for some motorcycle <laughs> racing. So, well, here's an interesting thing. So, um, MotoGP doesn't generally run every week, but when they kick the schedule off again, based on what I'm seeing here, May 3rd, May 17th, the 31st, then the 7th of June, the 21st of June, then the 28th of June. You, are these guys ready to run like that? Yeah, they they can't. You know, on the flyaways, they run every week on the what they call the flyaway races, the ones that are that are over uh, uh, in Asia and then down in Australia. They run those races uh, like on a weekly basis instead of a biweekly basis. Yeah. Um, and and they're, they're, the rules say they have to get thirteen races in for a to have a champion okay. know, for a season for to crown a champion. I mean, basically, you know, you can run as few races if you want to, but there, but the rules say to crown a champion to be made MotoGP champion. Yeah, there have to be thirteen races, so they're they're talking about so they could knock a few of these off the schedule and right, just shorten it up. Yeah, yeah, they're talking about having to run every week. You know, when it's possible. I mean, sometimes if there's distance, you know, if there's so much distance between races, I'm sure that'll that'll you know factor in. But the ones that's close enough, especially the ones that are that are in um, in Europe, where right. it's you know right. pretty close, they'll they'll try to squeeze those in. I mean, they've already said if they got to run till Christmas, they'll run till Christmas is what they said. You know? Well, yeah, because you you're going basically Spain, France, Italy, back to Spring, back to Spain. That's the next four, and then Germany and Netherlands. So yeah, they're not. I guess they're not traveling around too far there. It's not like. They're in Europe, then they're Asia, then they're coming to the U.S., then they go, you know, Australia or whatever. Yeah, it, it's, you got to look at the logistics of it. I mean, like yeah. you said, it's hard to, it, it's hard if you go from, you know, Qatar, you know, then the next race is Argentina, and then the next race is America. It, it's hard to do those back to back to back, you know, in, in a week. But but the the European races, you can, and then they already do it when they do the flyaway races to Asia. They already do those back to back. And they were even talking craziness. <laughs> I heard some craziness going on that they may do it like, uh, you know how Moto America does now, where they'll run two races in a weekend. You know, they've actually talked about if they had to do that to make a champion, they'll run two races at the same track, you know. Yeah. Oh, geez. But I'm pretty sure, I think that's kind of a, a far reach. I don't think that'll happen. But mm. that, just sounds, that just sounds grueling as all get out. I don't think you meant Moto America. I think you meant NASCAR. No, 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 no. It's actually was it uh, is it Moto America or um, uh, Moto America or uh, World Superbike? One of the others. They run like two races in a weekend. I mean, I mean, I know they do they do it at uh, at Austin when I'm there. They'll run a race on Saturday, then they'll run another race on Sunday, and they both they're not qualifying. Those are both races, points races. Well, there are two points races to every Moto America weekend and World <laughs> Superbike. Yeah, that's what I mean is, but I mean, that, how they do those is how they were talking about doing MotoGP if they had to, if they had to get that number of races in. All right. So, all right. Time out. Sorry. Maybe I don't understand. So 
MotoGP doesn't have a race one, race two on on their weekend. No, <laughs> no. There's only one points race on Friday. Is kind of what they call test and tune, uh, or you know they have free practices. They call them free practices. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Saturday is free practice, and then uh, qualify your Q1, Q2, uh, and then Sunday is, is the race points race for for Moto okay. um, Three, Two, and MotoGP. Yeah. I gotcha. So, so actually, they're the oddball because yeah, World Superbike and Moto America—they both have race one, race two, and they both pay yeah, points. Right, and they both have points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. I, I knew that. I knew that it was. I wasn't sure that it was both of them because I'm, you know, granted, I don't, I don't watch a lot of World Superbike. I watch, I do watch some of the Moto America. Yeah, but, but I know that there's two points, you know, races gotcha. on the weekend. So that they, and, and I don't think that'll happen for MotoGP. I think that's probably just people. Saying, "Oh well, you know, we want to crown a champion, so you know, if we have to." But I, I can't see them doing that. But you know, it is good to know that they're thinking about that. If it comes, if they down need to, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, they, it's a good point. You just pay points for Saturday and Sunday, and there you go. Now you've had two events. But the problem is, is that let let's say you know my guy Marquez, just for example, you know he's the king of Coda. So, you know, a guy that just dominates a certain track, you know, or he's also, you know, he's king of a lot of the races, but like Saxon, <laughs> if it's one of the races that just, you know, those guys just dominate that, or even like I say, let's say Qatar, you know, where the, the Ducatis are, are notoriously, you know, good at, at Qatar, yeah. then somebody will say, oh, well, if they run two of those, when that gives the advantage yeah, to you know, the Vizioso yeah. that, you know, he's, he's such a, you know, such a dominant force at Qatar, just as if it's Coda. You know, then, you know, they're going to say, well, Marquez, of course, has, you know, got a better chance of winning both those races and getting those points, you know. So yeah. it's, you're never going to make everybody happy. So, hmm. well, I think May's got a better shot than what I'm looking at for Moto America and World Superbike because they're both currently scheduled to kick off their next round on the 17th of April. So that's, that's less than a month away at this point. And I hope they do it, brother. I do too. I do too. All right, cool. So I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about with this episode is kind of a, you know, crystal ball type conversation. You know, what, what are we expecting out of MotoGP this year? Who's, who's the king? Is it still all Marquez all the time? And I, I do mean Mark, not Alex. <laughs> or is, you know, that, that Quattraro, Quattraro, if I say that right. Yeah. Fabio Quattraro. Quattraro. Is, is he going to beat up on him a little bit? Like, what are we looking forward to here? You know, it, it's, you know, when you're a fan, like I am of, of you know, especially a particular driver, <laughs> it, it's hard not to just, it's, it's, it's hard just not to say, of course, it's going to be Mark Marquez, you know, again. <laughs> and, and chances are it probably will be, but I'm going to tell Fabio is doing just wonderful things with Yamaha. And and he looked so good last season. I mean, especially for, yeah. for for a young guy and a rookie out there. I mean, he really he shows a lot of promise. So, you know, I, I'm really hoping he makes it competitive. I, I hope that he's the guy that steps up because, you know, it makes it exciting. I mean, it, no matter how much you like your guy, like I mean, I love Honda and I love Mark Marquez. I think he's the greatest rider you know to come along in years mm -hmm. i mean i know that all your valentino rossi fans will definitely not not agree with that yeah, they're not going to be happy to hear that no and and trust me i love rossi rossi's one of those guys that nobody will ever you know get some of the records that he's got 
but he's like getting he's like the rest of us. He's getting old. Getting you know, on and, and Mark Marquez is the is the young guy in his prime. You know, he's been there several years now, and he's you know gotten his eighth championship, and it's he he's still in his prime. You know, and I, I tell you, this delay has actually helped him this year. Oh yeah, because he had that shoulder surgery. Yeah, more time and, to heal, more therapy. Yeah, and it's more time to heal because he he actually you know he had sh- so shoulder surgery. Sorry, he had shoulder surgery. Uh, at the end of last season, but he seemed to recover from it better and quicker. And this year, it seems that it's been taking him a little longer. Even he's admitted that it's just, it seems to taking him longer. So, you know, this delay has actually probably helped him. And I think he'll probably come back, you know, better and and more hungry for it. And, and he's probably going to do good. But I mean, if they've got Fabio's bike, you know, dialed in, if they, if they've really been using this off season, yeah, to 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 dial that bike in for him. I think he's somebody to be reckoned with. You know, I mean, I'm, and and you know, apparently there, um, Ducati's got this new uh, hole shot device. They had one last year, and they've I even got that. a better one this year. <laughs> yeah, they got the ability to like lock the the rear suspension and like lower the bike down or something like on demand. Yeah, I've heard that, and and they're talking about nobody's protested it yet, but actually they're they're arguing that it might be. Uh, it, it it might fall under the rule that you, you're really not supposed to change the aerodynamics of the bike. The whole shot thing, getting off the line is one thing. Yeah. Traction control is one thing. But when you start messing with the suspension, which may affect aerodynamics, you're not supposed to be able to do that. So technically... You could get them on that. Yeah. So but we'll see. You know, it's it's funny that nobody said anything about it yet, but we'll, you know, we'll see. But so maybe Ducati comes out with, you know, something that's just awesome and, and they really, you know, make up a lot of ground. But, but you know, Yamaha's really made strides this this season, this last season. And, and yeah. I think with, with Quattraro doing as good as he has been doing, I think it's going to be it's gonna be more of a fight this year. I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I think, you know, Rossi has said he's, he's happy with the power so far. And, you know, I'd, if this ends up being his last season, I'd like to see him go out with a couple of wins. Oh, I, I would too. I mean, I like to see old guys doing stuff. You know me. I mean, he's uh, just slightly he's he's almost my same age, so I'm uh, I'm happy to see him uh, doing well. I mean, and and he is. I mean, he's just one of those guys that I mean, it's like it's like when you talk about NASCAR and you mention Richard Petty, or you know yeah. you you talk about you know Formula One and you mention you know Schumacher or Senna. You know, those guys are just you know just guys that are yeah, just Andrew, yeah. yeah. And or like Andretti, yeah, or yeah, Mario Andretti. You're talking about guys that are just you know synonymous with the sport, and it's just and and he's that guy, you know. He's I don't think anybody will ever match the things that he's done. So I'd love to see him win some some race. I'd like to see him do well, even if he didn't win some race, get some podiums, get up there, and you know. And and I'm really hoping it's his last season, so I can say I was at the Italian GP to see his, uh, <laughs> his last race, you know. So that would be cool. So. And and Coda is going to be towards the end of the year, so it could be one of his very last races. Yeah, it could be. So it would be uh, it'll be interesting, but but I really do look for it to be more competitive this year. I think that um, you know every year that you know you have a team dominate. You know Honda's been been very dominant in the last few years. Uh, a lot of it's because of Marquez. A lot of it's because of the bike. But but you know I think that you know. Especially the Yamahas are making strides. Ducati's always in there. You know, Suzuki, I mean, Alex Renz, I mean, look at the stuff he's done. I mean, yeah. you can't count him out. So what I'm what I'm hoping for, so I 
I don't know if, if Fabio is my guy, but I, I kind of like his, I guess his style. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, young guy, he's hungry. He's, he's up there mixing it up and he's not on the, the A team, if you will, because that's the, what is it? Yamaha's satellite team or. I, yeah. The Patronus, he's on the Patronus satellite could, team. But you could call that the B team, right? To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's still mixing it up up front with that bike. So what I would love to see is just to keep him hungry. I'd like to see him get close to the title this year and then hop on that factory bike next year and just kick butt. Well, you know, he's already got the contract. He's already guaranteed. He does. He's already guaranteed factory seat. So people are starting to, you know, they're, they're already saying, well, that's the writing on the wall that, that, you know, Rossi is, this is his last year. Right. But. You know, it, it it is. He, I mean, to to me, to see what that Patronus team did with the satellite team and oh, not yeah. a factory team, I mean, that guy's got to be that great of a rider. So I think, you know, you know, Quattraro is going to be really a force to reckon with this year. I mean, he he's doing for the team what Marquez does for Honda because one of the races or one of the testing sessions, some people were saying that the Honda is almost unrideable. That it's Marquez that's making it look like a great bike. But other people were, were struggling a little bit. And I think this was one of the test sessions before they went to Qatar. You know, a lot of people have been saying that. I mean, if you if you follow some of the other um, you know, MotoGP sites or if you um yeah. the you know, some of the Facebook pages and you see the comments, a lot of people say that. But usually it's people that are not Honda people. Usually it's you know, your Rossi fans or your, you know, Davizioso fans that are saying, yeah, you know, it's like so terrible. And it's just, you know, they build it just for one guy to ride. And that's the <laughs> problem. And that's why Jorge Lorenzo couldn't ride. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think that's it. But I will say this. I think that, that Marquez is that kind of guy, though. Yeah. I think he's one of those that he, he'll ride. He'll make it a work. Bike. Yeah. yeah, he'll make it work, you know, instead of, you know, you got guys that just can't can't ride a bike unless it's just absolutely perfect, unless everything's done. You just put him on it, and and you know it was uh, he'll do. It. it was funny. I was just watching. Um, if you've got the MotoGP video pass, uh, well, anybody can have it right now because it's free because there's no race and they're letting everybody have it for free. They've got a bunch of uh, documentaries mm. uh, that are for free, and I was watching one about Marquez's uh, 2018 season when he won the uh, the seventh uh, his seventh championship. And he had an interview with uh, him and uh, Mick Doohan. And uh, it was funny because he, even Mick was saying that just watching him is going, he, he was at wondering if he could have been competitive on the on the 500cc two-stroke like, you know, Mick won all his championships on. And Mick said, I've seen you ride. You would beat <laughs> the pants off me any day of the week. He said, you would, you could get on that bike and ride it because you can ride anything. And, you know, and, you know, Mark's kind of laughing about that. But it's true. If you watch that guy ride, I mean, you you see that guy come out of situations that everybody else would wreck in. Yeah. And what I've always liked about him as a rider is you watch him, he'll fight it until the last minute trying to save it. Yeah. And then if he does end up in the gravel trap, that guy is quick to get up, pick that pick bike up. up, and try to get it back out there. Where if you watch, you know, like, you know, Divi- watch Davizioso wreck or Jorge Lorenzo or, or all those other guys. Hands, oh, they throw their hands and they, you know, they, sh- they, yeah, they shake their, they shake their hands at the crowd and they grab their helmet and they, they walk off, but not Marquez. He wants to get that bike back going. He wants to get back on the track, you know. 
But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned those documentaries. There was one part of that where he was doing rehab and he was getting on a bike for the first time. And it was a real small, I don't even remember the size of the bike, but it was a real small bike, but it still looked like his, his road race bike. And he was out on this practice track and you could see even on this tiny little, you know, low powered bike, he was still digging, trying to improve. He still wasn't happy with himself. But, I mean, he still looked amazingly fast, even on a test track, like, you know, weeks off of surgery, basically. So that that hunger and the drive to, to always do better is, you, know, right. you can see it in everything he does. I, I'll tell you the other thing, you'll, if you'll watch and you'll notice, Marquez will wreck more in practice than any other driver out there. And if you want to know why, it's because he wants to push that thing to the limit to see. Right where the limit is. Right. How, so the, how you find where the limit is, is you, you, you go until it, you cross it and, it and you, and you, you know, you, you lose it, you know, you low side the bike and, you know, you lose the front end or the rear end and it wrecks. Well, then, you know, okay, I can't go it. quite that far. That's it. So I, I, I'm convinced that's part of his success is he's not afraid to do that. Now, if you do that too many times, you know, one day it bites you, but for the most part, he's not scared to go out there and, and find that limit. And then he knows right, take it right to the edge. Yeah. Nice. Well, there you go, bacon. I didn't know it was free. Cause I like, uh, I feel kind of stupid now. I bought all the video passes this year. <laughs> Moto too. America, MotoGP, hey, World Superbike. Well, I love I it. <laughs> That's bad irony for you right there, man. Yeah. They're not getting a nickel next year. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. Forget about it. Forget about it. But the kids like it. I mean, they, uh, at least MotoGP, we can pull it up on the Amazon TV and they can just watch whatever they want. We can do Moto America as well and, and World Superbike, but I have to open the, the browser. But it still works. It's still a good experience. They, they stream well. The content is good. And, you know, I think uh, Chris Geis told us this before, like the, the coverage of MotoGP is just head and shoulders above the rest of them. And, and it is, but there's still something about the world superbike racing that I, that I prefer. And I followed that closely for I think three years now. So Moto America, I watched every race last year. We attended one and I think world superbike I've been following closely for about three years. So a little more invested there maybe. Yeah. And we, we talked about it last year. I mean, I think the the biggest thing is, is that and I, and I know why you like the world superbike and Moto America. Those bikes look like the ones you can go to your dealership and buy. For the most part, they are. I mean, you know, yeah. you, can, you can you can buy those bikes and you could go out and ride them. And uh, it, it's it's like watching NASCAR versus watching Formula One. And I mean, yeah. we all know that NASCARs aren't off the showroom floor anymore like they were back in the 50s. But but still, they look like, you know, the cars you can go buy, the Fords or the Chevys or the Toyotas, you can go buy it. And they look like that, you know, when a Formula One car looks like an alien spaceship. Yeah. But, man, they're fast. So that's the difference between Moto America and World Superbike or, you know, British Superbike or whatever the other ones are versus, you know, MotoGP. MotoGP is the absolute cutting edge Pinnacle, yeah. Yeah, of millions and millions of pounds and euros and dollars spent <laughs> on, you know, building the ultimate, you know, but I, two wheel rocket. I'm a, I'm appreciating both. I, I really enjoy the, the top shelf racing and, and parts, if you will, for MotoGP. But 
you're you're spot on with with World Superbike. I look at those bikes, and you know, it's not that much of a stretch to think I could go out and buy all those parts, and I I could have that bike if if I really wanted to throw all my hey, money man, into you're, it. Your 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 bike's almost there, man. Your Yamaha's almost there. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You're almost there. You got those fancy racing stickers now. You don't have a kickstand anymore. So That's I've heard. Right. I mean, hey, I, you're there, dude. I got all the right stickers. It even says Moto America on it. So. See, I mean, look at there. <laughs> I mean, that's, you, you know, you're already there. Got the go fast stickers. I mean, <laughs> you know, hey, we used to, uh, when I used to dirt track race years ago, to be more legit, what you do is you'd find somebody in, uh, in racing that you knew and somebody in like, um, you know, Bush class or something like that. They have what they call contingency packs, you know, oh, and that's yeah. all the little, the little stickers that you put on your cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you, if you, if, if you win and you've got those stickers in your car, you get so much money or something like that, you know, so you get one of those, you put them on your car. So you'd look legit, man. You know, yeah. how these, you know, you know, you know, crane cams and, you know, hooker headers. And, oh yeah. Edelbrock. All that oh yeah. Edelbrock. Yeah. Yeah. Too funny. Well, that's because, well, that's because each sticker provides plus five hearse purrs. There you go. <laughs> I see it. So, so the more you get, the better you are. That's right. Uh, let's see. MotoGP. Are we done with MotoGP? You I gotta- think so. I think I've beat it to death. You know me, I get excited about it. I, I don't look, you know, it makes me look, you know, makes me look, you know, like a schoolgirl, you know, watching the Beatles, you know, nah, I get all excited. All right. about it, so. That's all right. Well, at least let's let's pivot to World Superbike. They did get their first round completed, and that was done at Australia. And I put a link in our show notes to Super Pole, the Super Pole race, and then race one and race two. And I got to say, the racing there was was just so much fun to watch. Um, both races. Well, I guess I you know show my bias here. So we got to meet Garrett Gerloff last year at VIR. Just Super nice guy. You know, he signed autographs for the kids. Um, Cameron uh, Bobier did the same thing. So getting to meet him, watch him race in Moto America for about a year and a half now, I didn't really start watching it heavily until last year. So having him move over to World Superbike just gave us something else to watch. You know, it was just, I was that much more invested trying to see, okay, how's he doing in testing? How's he doing in qualifying? You know, watching him race, he made it as high as seventh in race one and then, you know, fell back throughout the race. But it, it just made it that much more fun and, you know, more to watch. It's so great when you have a connection like that. I, I'll tell you what I equate it to. It's like if you've ever gone to a horse racing track and if you don't know any of the horses there, I mean, if it's like, like we've, we, you know, we used to be in, we've been in the horses for years. And so we've been to Keeneland, a couple of spring meets in, uh, in Keeneland and, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. And, and you go and, and if you don't know any of the owners or the horses, then it's just a, it's just a race. But if you go and you put five bucks on one of those horses, then you've got something to pull for, you know, uh, and that makes it exciting. But when you know one of the, like we've, we've, you know, being in horses, we've known people before that's owned horses and, uh, and even friends of ours that are, are trainers and jockeys that, and when you, when they're out there racing, it gives you something to, to cheer for. And that just makes it so much more exciting. So having that personal connection yeah. with a rider, I mean, it just changes it, you know, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a couple of connections. I mean, he's on a Yamaha. That's what I ride on the track and, you know, it's just, it's just good stuff. So. It was fun to watch. Unfortunately, he had a 
a pretty violent crash. Um, I think it was warming up for race two and he didn't, he didn't start race two at all, but you know, we'll go get him probably well in the Dutch round. If they, if they kick it off April 17th and that'll be the next time we see it. Oh, good. I hope, hope so. Hope so. And I, I guess that was it. You know, I just enjoyed the racing and I think what I think is going to happen this year on the world Superbike side, I think Jonathan Ray might still get the title. You know, I'm, He's just an amazing rider, but he's definitely got some competition this year. And I think, uh, what's his name? Redding on the Ducati. Yes. Scott Redding. And then, uh, Bautista still, uh, he's still running it. And it, cause you know, Bautista went from, uh, MotoGP. Well, and to, he, yeah. And he's on the, he's on the factory, uh, HRC bike this year. So right. him, him so, and Haslam. Yeah. I know he, I know he was great. Uh, Last year, I mean, he just, you know, he really came alive and ran away and they thought he was going to run away with it. And then, you know, uh, Ray ended up catching him there at the end, you know, so. Yeah, so it was good to watch. But I think, I think Redding's going to put the, he's going to put the heat on him this year. He finished third in race one. And I think he, where was he race two? Uh, well, he was third in race two as well, but it was good. I mean, good, good to see Alex Lowe's win. Uh, race two right ahead of Jonathan Ray. You know, he, he kind of plays second fiddle to Ray a lot. So it was good to see him win. I don't know. Did you watch either one of those? Sean, I don't know if you've had, I, I didn't see him. I, I didn't see him live, but I did see, uh, the highlights. I did go back and watch, uh, the highlights. They were both, it was good racing. It really is good racing. It's, uh, those guys, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, like you said, I think there's people like you that it, it's, that's what they, that's their go-to race. And then there's MotoGP race. And I think it's kind of a, it's almost like a division where it's like, if you're, you're either a MotoGP snob or, you know, (laughs) you like world Superbike, you know, but I I like it all. I mean, I like that Moto America, British Superbike. I mean, I'm so, you know, race one, the margin of victory was seven thousandths of a second. And the third place bike was only four hundredths behind that. I mean, that's, that's racing. And I don't care what, I don't care if you're racing 50 CC mopeds or, you know, you know, 500 horsepower, you know, bikes. If, if, if it's that close racing, that's exciting. That's, I mean, that's the fourth you know, place bike. The fourth place bike was less than two tenths over the line from the leader. That's how tight the first four were. Jesus. Like the first two were in a blink and then, then Redding and then Vandermark finished fourth at 0.137 behind the leader and they say when you could throw a blanket <laughs> over the winners man i that's mean that's ridiculous. just you know that it's crazy i mean it's you know but that's what makes it exciting and that and that shows you right there that's good yeah that that's good uh promotion that's good management of the of the sport when you've got it that close when you when you make it that close when it's anybody's race you know that's what i like sometimes about watching the moto three and the moto two because they just seem to be you know there's more lead changes there's closer margins of victory so it does it makes it more exciting it really does well but so basically what you're saying is it's not nascar it's not nascar (laughs) no well hold up though hold up it's not Jimmy Johnson running off with, you know, you know, what, six titles or five titles, whatever he had back in the day. Now he's, uh, he had done it in a while now, but I, I, you're not going to agree with me on this one, but Moto2 and Moto3 are a lot closer to NASCAR than World Superbike is because they all run spec engines. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Well, not spec engines, but <laughs> I was going to say the well, same they do, provider. You can't buy that off the showroom floor. No, no, but they all run a Triumph Triple in, in Moto um, Two. Moto Two, yep, Moto Two. They all have to run the same motor. It, it is you, yeah. you, you're always you're issued the same motor. So, so it's yeah, almost it, IROC at that point. It's, it basically it is. It's like IROC, <laughs> except for the cars aren't complete. You know, in IROC, the cars, the motors, everything was completely the same. Yeah. Whereas in this, the the chassis are different. The the suspension is different, the frame is different, but your motor is the same, your yeah. power plant's the same. So have, say, same years, it was yeah. it was Honda for for several years, and now it's for the last two years it's been Triumph. But but the other thing that's really good about World Superbike this year is that that race not only was it that close, but it was Yamaha, Kawasaki, Ducati. That was the top three. So you've you've got parity amongst the makes too, and and like you said, hats off to them to to get that balance right and put on a good show and have everyone still feel competitive. That's fantastic. Yeah. And and I said that too, because I think that a lot of your governing bodies, they, they do it wrong a lot of times and they get criticized a lot uh, when they do, but when they get it right, nobody ever notices. But (laughs) I would like to say that I did, I do notice that in, in, in sports Superbike that those guys, they're they're doing something right to have that many different manufacturers and, and that, that close of a margin, you're doing something right. Yeah. And Honda brought some, some big money because, um, race one, they finished fifth and sixth, both, uh, HRC bikes. And then they had a sixth place in race two. So they're, they're bringing the fight for sure. Oh yeah. Well, cool. Well, that, that's all I got for world Superbike. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see the, the Dutch round here before long. And I guess we'll finish it up with Moto America. And then I want to hear about bacon's wrenching. Cause he's been elbow deep into the front end of his dyno. What? What? <laughs> so last one, let's just cover Moto America real quick. They were able to get off a testing round at Barber not, uh, not too long ago, and the Coda race is postponed, which, of course, was the same weekend as MotoGP. And if all goes well, their first round will be April 17th in Atlanta. And sadly, I will not be going because I will be at the track myself, hopefully for my first track day, which will be back at uh, CMP. I'll say this, if they go off on the 17th at Atlanta and I haven't been able to watch any racing since then, I may <laughs> drive my happy butt to Atlanta. I may get on a bike and ride to Atlanta to, uh, to watch some racing in person, you know? So yeah. if, if by some strange force in the universe, the Atlanta race goes off and the track day is canceled, then yes, I will be in Atlanta as well. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that then. We'll set that up. I'll take my me, 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 me down there and enjoy some <laughs> racing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Moto America, I guess what I'm looking forward to this year is just more good racing. Um, I'm not going to bemoan, you know, the factory teams going away because the factory support is still there. The, you know, all the same riders are still there. I think the, the field will still be strong. Uh, I predict Yamaha will still probably come out on top although i don't know suzuki was really good last year with tony elias and oh that's the other thing so mr birch the bike that tony elias raced last year they put it up for sale so that that was run by uh team yoshimura um they put it up for sale on i forget the website but you could have bought that bike for 60 grand 
No way. I kid you not. It was up for sale, $60,000. We could have went That's loud it. pipes racing. I mean, serious loud like pipes Like serious, racing. legit racing, Serious, right? legit. Not just a sticker <laughs> on the bike. I mean, an actual race team. We could go broke together. We could go all go broke, broke together, get some young punk to go out there and you know, tear up the bike, but just go like crazy, you know? <laughs> That's right. But, you know, it would be great. If you've ever watched the uh, the movie Rush with, um, you know, the one about James Hunt and Nicky Lauda, the big Formula One uh, 1976 season, and the the guy that sponsors uh, James Hunt in all the, you know, the, when his first year of Formula One, the, the Lord Hesketh, you know, he, yeah, we'll go and spend all this money, and then in one season he goes almost broke, you know. So that would be us, except for we wouldn't start out with the money, you know. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you start off broke. We start off broke, and you know I got most of it left. So there you go. So. Yeah, my wife would never understand, but I was telling her, <laughs> I'm like, look, you don't, you don't understand the pedig- the pedigree of this machine. Like, I had uh, read they probably spent upwards of two to three hundred grand putting that bike together and bringing it to the track. And if I could put that in a garage for sixty grand. But you just described how racing works. I know. You took something <laughs> that you spent about half a million dollars on, and now it's worth $60,000. $60, there you go. You've just done race. You've just done race math. Race man. math 101. You've done race math 101. There you go. You spend 500000 and it's worth 60000 Look at there. That's that's like hot rod. Back when I was uh, a kid and we were building hot rods, my dad owned a service station and, you know, you built hot rods, you'd spend $10,000 and you drive it for a couple of years and you get ready to sell it and you'd be lucky to get two or three grand out of it, yeah. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, math, you're right. But as a collectible, I just thought that would be, that would, would be, be a hoot to own that. You would be the coolest kid on your block, Rich. Yes, you would. You, I mean, can you imagine like rolling that baby out on a track day? I mean, even if you just buzzed a couple of laps with it, I'm not talking about riding it all day, but just like, oh, oh, seriously, you just I know. you just take that off the trailer and it just be like moths to a flame, you know? There you go. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, you gonna watch some Moto America this year? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I said I was, and you know, I'm um, I'm hoping that you know we've been so starved for it now that we'll probably watch anything that comes on. You know, if we if we can see kids down the road racing, you know push bikes we'll probably do that as well but but yeah i'm, I'm hoping to watch some moto america I, I i really look forward to the the weekend at coda uh you know in april when we go for the moto gp race to, to see the moto america races because yeah they're they're so entertaining i mean and those guys are uh it, it to me it's just more evenly matched it really is it's a lot more evenly matched and it's uh you know from the whole field from from front to back so uh but yeah i'm hoping to uh to get some moto america in this year as well yeah, Atlanta will pass us, I'm sure, but I'd, I'd like to go do VIR again, and I don't know if I can get another one in this year, but but VIR for sure, and Atlanta, if we can pull it off, and maybe maybe Barber towards the end of the season, if that's still the season ender, I don't know where they're slotting in Coda at this point. Well, where is the VIR race? What, what, what time of year is it? It's in May. In May, okay. Well, maybe, if nothing else, if the Atlanta race doesn't go off, then... Yeah, maybe we'll make plans for uh, if it goes off, then, you know, and I'm hopefully I get to take my trip at the end of May and uh, go see the Italian GP. But if not, then that's a possibility. Well, and and Moto America is returning to the Brickyard this year. Oh, sweet. As well. So that one is going to be, let's see, what is the date on that one? 
Oh, speaking of that, there uh, there was also strange rumors of uh, of places that MotoGP, let's say some of these tracks, like some of the tracks in Asia, let's say that they don't get stuff under control in time, or some of the uh, even the Italian races don't don't go off because of you know some of mm-hmm. this trouble we're having lately. They're saying, well, what tracks exist still that can host one? And and they talked about, you know, Indy. Indy could run, mm-hmm. uh, no, you could run a, another uh, uh, GP race uh, in Indy and they were Laguna Seca as well. So that's right. Hey, I, I'll spend some money and fly to a couple of races in North America if they'll, uh, if they'll have them on here. I'd love to. Yeah. So the, it's called Moto America Superbikes at the Brickyard. It's going to be August 21st through the 23rd. Well, that's cool. That That's, uh, have to check that out. Yeah, I could make it up there. But we'll see if anything gets gets going this year. It's been crazy. Let's hope so. Think positive thoughts, my brother. Positive That's right. thoughts. That's right. All right. Well, let's transition a little bit. And we don't have anyone to thank specifically for episode 179. But, of course, we do have Tim on the monthly support. So we appreciate that. And if anyone finds some value in the show, you just head over to loudpipes.net slash donate and drop something in the bucket there. We would appreciate it. And Bacon and John and I, we decided last week that, you know, while the social distancing and quarantines and whatever is going on, we're, we're still going to try and do the show weekly. So we're not Except traveling as much. Except for John this week. Except for John <laughs> this week. But we're going to try. First week, John falls off. First week. Try and bring you something weekly and, and just you know, a little more content for everyone, you know, while we're all getting through it. And see, I missed the button again. All right, U-turn completed. Brother Bacon, you've been wrenching. Hit it. Oh, God. Don't don't start off with me. You're giving <laughs> Harley a bad name. <laughs> it was service. It's just service, right? I know it's service. <laughs> <laughs> Routine maintenance, preventative maintenance. How about that? Well, we, we can call it that. Not that you're fixing your busted old Harley. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> yeah, not this time anyway. <laughs> so what did you find, my friend? Fork service, right? <clears throat> yeah. So um, so I've had the bike for a couple of years. Well, come the summer, it'll be a couple of years. And... Uh, I hadn't changed out the fork fluid yet, and I've definitely ridden well over what, probably about over ten thousand miles. Okay, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, but it does stay outside, yeah, um, under a tarp, you know, so out of the water and stuff as much as possible. But and you don't know when it was done last, right? But exactly, and but not out of the cold. And so basically, um, it was time. Uh, I started also noticing my front wheel. Uh, I think I've had it on there for probably about 5,000 miles, maybe 6,000. Okay. And the right side of it was, well, pretty much worn while the left side was still all right. So it just wasn't not tracking correctly. So I was like, okay, maybe it's just a fluid. You know, maybe it's just, you know, your spring rates are just, just that much off. So, yeah. So I started tearing it apart. 
guess what I've actually found out what the problem was? Um, I know, but I'm going to pretend like I don't know. What was it, Bacon? You have one <laughs> arm shorter than the other. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Smart man. Thank you, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, um, no, uh, I guess whoever had installed it, uh, installed the fork legs, um, they were almost an inch apart. Uh, not an inch, uh, eighth, uh, almost an eighth of an inch is still under an eighth of an inch. Yeah. But, um, but one that much of a difference. Eighth of an inch higher in the tree than the other. So I'm gonna say, if it's a whole inch apart and you didn't notice that, <laughs> then you've yeah. got some problems there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it looks all gay to me. <laughs> looks good, man. Let it rip. <laughs> but no, yeah. So it was almost an eighth inch off. And, uh, so I've got that all leveled out now. New fluid, which was definitely needed. It was, you know, blacker than the blackest black. Mm. So smelled like manure. Nice. <laughs> so definitely got hey, that bacon, changed out. Bacon, yes. what, fluid do, what fluid does the Harley take in the front end? Well, so if you go by Harley, so like let's say you go to the uh, to the dealer, they have what's called the fork fluid, the E fluid. Yeah. But basically, I put a twenty weight fluid in there. Yeah, uh, most time on on a lot of the uh, Hondas and stuff I work on, it's it's actually ATF, the same weight as automatic transmission fluid. So that's usually what what we use. I just didn't know if if Harley was the same. I I don't I don't think it's automatic transmission fluid. Uh, but. Because it definitely, it's definitely not red like automatic transmission right, fluid. Right, right. But um, like it was clear as day. But no, I, I honestly, the fluid was clear. Yeah. So it was relatively clean then. Well, no, no, no. The new stuff I put in. The oh, the new stuff. Clear okay. is what he said. The, what I took right. out was blacker than the blackest oh, I've ever right, seen. Right. Okay. Right. So not even like silver or dark gray. Like it was black. No, it was black, black. Ugh. Yeah, no, it did. It definitely did not. Um, it did not appease any of the senses. <laughs> it reminds me of when I I did the I swapped the springs and changed the seals and everything on the R6, and I poured it out, and it was this dark gray with enough metal in it that it looked like metal flake paint. You know, it was like. <laughs> remember back in the day like well yeah my uncles had a uh, garages and we painted cars and stuff and we got to adding our own metal flake to the paint so when i painted my own car of course we dumped in like half the can of it so oops <laughs> <laughs> you're making it like bass boat glitter coat man. yeah so the so the yeah. the stuff i dumped out of the forks kind of reminded me of painting my first car it's like wow, wow that's a lot of silver in there <laughs> that should not be like that yeah wow that's did you replace nasty. the bushings at that same time i did yeah seals and bushings everything oh, okay i was gonna new say. springs yep Ooh. yeah mine was just black it didn't have all that silt in it like it had some silt in it and i think you know should i keep the bike long enough to do another one yeah i will change the bushings that time but i didn't feel like it was necessary this time and the seals were good you didn't have any leaks or anything Oh, no, 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 no. I, I've actually checked that probably at least once a month. 
good since I've owned it. So and not a nothing's wrong with it. So so all but all back together or still working all back together. You know, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, I know I already told you, but hey, Sean, have you ever yeah. heard? Have you ever heard of uh, triple segmented springs? I can't say that I have triple rate no. forks, right? Or triple rate. Yep, yep. It was. It was now a you're talking about like pro, like progressive, like progressive springs. I mean, like they they have different at different levels. There are different amounts of springiness, if you will. But yeah, yeah, it's called like progressive. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, either it's just like one big spring, right, right. or the coil gets tighter down towards the bottom, right. or they'll have like the helper spring on the top. Yeah. No, no. This is three segments. Oh, so it's actually three separate segments inside it, three separate springs inside yep. of it. Correct. Oh, well, I, I I know that I've never dealt with everything. I've always been one piece. But like I say, if you get progressive springs, then they're tighter cooled at the, you know, at the bottom or the top and then middle, you know, kind of in the middle, in the middle, and then, you know, looser at the, at the other end. So, but no, never yeah. three pieces. No. No, yeah, yeah, that that was so. I pulled these apart, and that's exactly what I found. I was like, "Why?" Ah. I was like, "Why are there so many different parts to my springs?" Because I <laughs> I was looking at it, and I was like, "Wow, it's a it's a top out spring for the top out spring." <laughs> well, are you sure really, it's supposed to? Are you sure it's supposed to be that way? Is my first question. <laughs> well, well, yes, yes, because there's okay. actually um, there's actually like these little cast aluminum uh, spacers in between. Oh, okay. Um. And actually, so with these, I was reading up on how they do it. And so for like stiffer, for like a stiffer feel or a softer feel, you flip just those, those spacers. Ah. So they'll so, bottom out quicker or they'll, or not, you know, or they'll have more travel. So, so, so. basically you're telling me, and it, this may not mean anything to you guys, that, that a Harley front end is built like a Browning A5 shotgun. If you don't know anything about yes. a Browning A5 shotgun, it's spring operated, and how you change it from high brass to low brass shells is you take it apart and you move the spacers from one end to the other. And so basically, yeah, you're saying that, that's interesting. I did not know that. I've learned something on today's show. Look at there, you know, boys and girls. You can listen to this show See and that? learn something. Well, not all Harleys are like that. Some Harleys actually come with a single cartridge in them. Some of them do. So was this an upgrade? Can you tell? Like, is this? Yes. No, no. This was an upgrade. This was an up. This was an upgraded spring. Okay. Come from works shocks. So. Interesting. And, but it's just the internals, the outside housing and everything is, is the outside housing is a Showa housing. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, And after you sent that, I've, I've done a couple of searches for works, triple rate shocks. And they even make them for automotive. I've seen several of these with, um, oh, actually, no, this is a blaster. But yeah, there's three different spring rates all stacked on top of each other. It was segmented, though? Yeah, segmented. This is a... Wow. I'll send you a link to it. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, these are external, so you can see them. <laughs> uh, I sent that to Sean, not you. Anyway, you'll get Jeez. it. <laughs> Someday. Someday. But there you go. Oh, that's cool. Very yeah. cool stuff. And so we test, all learned something new. Test ride or, or not yet? Oh, yes. No, no, no. I, as soon as I got it done, I took it out. I, <laughs> nice. I, it has been raining and cold and stuff for far too long. 
She tracks at, better and all that. Oh my goodness. Well, so, so I figured the best way to break it in and see if I got everything tightened up correctly and whatnot was to go to the nearest big, uh, parking lot mm-hmm. and, uh, do some practicing, you know, figure eights and right, right. hard stops and a whole bunch of stuff did that and, uh, held up great. And I actually went from one end of the, one end of the, uh, parking lot to the other end, no hands. And just to see how well it was tracking. Nice. And straight as an arrow. I was like, holy crap. I actually did it. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Any other work on the bike or just the the forks? That's, I guess that's enough. Yeah. New tire, of course. New tire. Yeah. But apart from that, no, no, nothing else has been done. Very nice. Yeah, I haven't done much here. Let's see. All I did was wash both of the bikes recently. Ooh. Ooh. And then what else did I do on the R6? I think that was it. Oh, I installed um, spools on the rear. I've got a new rear stand coming that's a spool variety and not the, the generic one. So that's a little, a little smaller, a little lighter. I'll take that one to the track with me. Yeah, and you did the uh, deletion of the uh, kickstand, and then there's a couple other things I saw. Yeah, Instagram you did. Kickstand is gone. New um, braided brake lines in the front. You deleted the turn signals too, didn't you? All gone. Yep, turn signals all gone. <laughs> Track bike only. Track bike only. Yeah, turn signals are gone. All the the headlight housings are still there, but they're unhooked. All the wires are tucked in under the the dash and secure it away vin plate gone right yeah oh, wait, not st- not not stolen okay that's right yeah that's, di- that's different bacon plate's gone <laughs> but yeah I, I can't wait i gotta i'm gonna take it out once i get the trailer licensed i'm gonna take it out to a parking lot and i'm gonna you know give it a good little shakedown do some good figure eights work on some overall track positioning and things like that you need to find a friend at Michelin and get out on that Michelin test track down in South Carolina. And, uh, that's mm. what you need. There we go. You know, anybody, <laughs> I got a few people that used to work. I don't know how much pool they got down there anymore, but, uh, it's, uh, apparently it's a lot of fun to ride. Mm. I'm, I'm still going to give it up to rich and be like, you know what? Your shakedown should definitely be a whole lot of test, like slow test riding. Oh yeah, for sure. Because a lot of that bike was apart. So <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw how much of that bike was apart, I was like, "Oh, Rich, can you do that?" That's the that's a definition of shakedown. That's why you're supposed to do it. You know, easy does it. Make sure no parts fall off of it. You know, when you ride it on that shakedown run. Yeah, and I've ridden, and then you break it loose. I've ridden it up and down the street, so enough to know that you know it tracks down the road. It goes and stops. It, you know, it's got the basics. You know, now we need to make sure it's all solid. You know, get it up on one wheel, both ends. Make it faster. That's all you got to do. Make <laughs> it faster. Wheelie stoppy. Wheelie stoppy. Uh, let's see. I also bought some new gear. I've started wearing my new track boots. So I wore them the last time I commuted to work, and I wore them out Saturday night. So those are real comfortable. Uh, those are going to break in nice. And the only thing so- is I've got to adjust my shifter because it is really awkward to get my foot under the shifter. Now is that because of the boot? The boot's a little thicker and it, and they don't pivot. They have like so, this exoskeleton on the outside. 
So it's almost like a ski boot. Like your ankle doesn't really bend. You can't get any movement movement sideways. Yeah, you kind of have to just rock your knee forward to get your foot down under the shifter. Yeah, I got a pair of uh, I got a pair of CD uh, adventure boots because you know I've got the new BMW Adventure Tour, so I bought a yep. got a proper pair of uh, CD um, adventure uh, boots, and they're the same, almost the same way. It's it takes a, it takes a little getting used to because you can't feel the the shifter as well and the brake the rear brake as well. Yeah. So it does it does take a little bit of uh of of getting used to and sometimes you do have to raise your shifter up a little bit to get your get your toe under it. My mine I've I've made do without moving my shifter. <laughs> but it is it is weird, you know, being like you said, it's almost like a ski boot. Yeah. But it that's what it's for though. It's for that if you do go down, you you want that support, you want that protection for your right. uh your ankle and your foot and your and your calf. So yeah, you're so quick question. What'd you get? The boost? You said a BMW. Oh. So. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was back in I don't know if you didn't know that or not. Back in uh in June, uh, I bought a an O four R eleven fifty GS adventure off a good buddy of mine. Oh, and, uh, oh yes. I just love it. I absolutely I'm gonna tell you, it is by far my favorite bike in the stable these days. It is just so much fun. So um, I've, not, I put several. It, it's not great at any one thing, but it's good at everything. Well, here's the thing: is it's you. It almost is like that, uh, but but it really is. It's it's almost good at everything, though. The thing is, is it, it is it's good at everything. It's as comfortable going down the road as my Goldwing is because of that telelever panelever suspension system. Just mm-hmm. soaks up the the you know all the bumps in the road. Um, you know, I ride gravel roads around here on it and it does just fine. I've taken it, you know, to the mountains and back. I rode to, um, uh, to Overland, uh, I rode to Overland Expo in October, uh, rode up to Virginia, you know, I did 400 miles each way on it. And I mean, it's just, it'll just eat the miles on the interstate. I've, I've taken it to the mountains several times and, and through the twisties. And it's just, it, it's awesome. Now it's tall, like all adventure bikes, it's tall. And it's awkward. I've dropped it a few times because it's just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not short. I mean, I'm five eleven, but it's still, it's, it's, it's awkward and it's top heavy, especially with that big adventure, uh, gas tank on it. You know, it's got that huge, you know, 7.9 gallon tank on it. So it gets a little top heavy, fully loaded, but it's just so much fun. I mean, it's just, and it's, it's powerful and, and, and nimble and, I'm telling you, I, I didn't think I'd be one of those guys, and I, that's why I hesitated buying one all these years because didn't know how I would like it. But now that I like it, I mean, now that I've got one, I just absolutely love it. <laughs> well, well, Rich, it looks like you got yourself a Starbucks, buddy. <laughs> See, there you go. See, we and, and it, it does. It looks good sitting outside of Starbucks. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm cool about that. It looks really good sitting outside of Starbucks. <laughs> oh man. Oh, speaking of coffee, so <laughs> Ch- Chad turned me on to the, the Black Rifle coffee company yeah and i just ordered a case of their canned coffee so they have espresso well they say they have two kinds they have an espresso with mocha and they have an espresso with just just cream in it maybe a little sugar so i ordered a case of that and i'm from what i've been reading on the reviews it's it's way better than like the canned starbucks stuff so i i always like to keep a few of those around the house especially as it gets a little warmer it's just nice to grab one of those instead of make a cup of steaming hot coffee 
you know, you know who I work for, so I have to beg to differ when it's, you know, I know, I know, I know they make good, I know they make good stuff, but you know, I, I have to, I have to say that, you know, it's, it's hard to beat Starbucks, you know, please still stop at your local Starbucks and shop. You know? I, oh, I still give them plenty of money. Don't you worry. <laughs> Their economy is strong. If, if you base it on my shopping. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's good. Good stuff. And can't wait to see that bike. Maybe we'll get out to Atlanta here in april oh yeah i hope so yeah be fun all right brother bacon anything else otherwise i guess we'll do events and close it down i guess we should just do events i i I got nothing else all right a couple of quick events to mention the talamina rally we've mentioned that before um of course we had a good interview here not too long ago and the ride is to support the saint jude children's research hospital this is may 21st to 23rd Links to that from episode, do you remember Bacon? 77, 177? No, no, no. no, 176. No, 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 yeah, that was 177. 177. Yeah, it was two two ago, yes. All right. Well, depending on if the coronavirus participates, participates, that's not what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Dissipates? Dissipates. Depending on where this dang virus goes, there'll be Sturgis in August of 2020. (laughs) The fifth annual Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge we have announced is going to be in September. I forget the date. John will look it up. We'll put it in notes. And the Loud Pipes meetup will be October 9th through the 12th in Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Woo! Woo! And let's see. Notes of this show can be found on the old website, loudpipes.net slash 179. We'll also have some links in there to Mr. Birch and his travels and shenanigans. We have links there for feedback. You can subscribe to our show and links to our social media. Brother Bacon's been posting some photos lately, so that's pretty cool. Maybe a couple things. A couple things. And if you found some value in this show, please consider supporting us at loudpipes.net slash donate. We appreciate that. Leave us a note. We'll read it on the show if you're interested. Thanks again to Tim for his ongoing monthly and anyone else that supports between now and then will get credit for the next show. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. All right, Mr. Birch, we appreciate it again. Thanks for hanging out with us. Any, uh, hey, always, always a pleasure to be here. Thank y'all for having me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's always good to, to talk with you fellas and, and, you know, to, to get the word out about motorcycling out there. And, and, you know, we want to just let everybody know just, Everybody be safe. Keep your head about you during all this stuff, and we are all going to get through it, and we're going to go back to riding and go back to racing very, very soon. That's right. Well said. And, and keep the F away from people. <laughs> yes. Keep away from people and stop <laughs> hoarding toilet paper. Stay away from people right now. Stop hoarding <laughs> toilet paper. All right, Brother Bacon. Yes, sir. Kickstands up? No, kickstands up, sir. All right, let's do it, Mr. Birch. Thanks, See you, fellas. Good night. Bye con Dios. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate. 